Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? Doing well, man. Yeah. So we're we're back after had to take a break because we'll just say technical difficulties. It's hard to record when when your power goes out two minutes before uh, <laughs> before we're supposed to record. So true, true. Yeah, it does tend to make it difficult. Anyways, we're back, and so we've got plenty to talk about this week. And yeah, man, let's let's go into it. Everything good. Yeah, things are good. <clears throat> Kyla came in, came over this weekend. She was trying to get in on Thursday, but, you know, mom's working. Tried Friday, same thing, so she didn't get here to Saturday. We didn't really do much, but we watched uh, Ready or Not, because it was on FX. Okay, yeah. And so she said she had seen some of it, but not the whole thing, so we watched it. And she thought it, she liked it. She thought it was pretty good. And I was, I was curious what her reaction was going to be at the end when everything kind of came together and, yeah. you know, explosive. <laughs> but... She enjoyed it. She really did. And before that, I think Antebellum was playing, and she was kind of checking it out. She said that movie kind of confused her because she didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I was like, I, I didn't really care for it. Basically, at the end, you find out it's like one of those reenactment places, but mm-hmm. behind that was <laughs> some real messed yeah. up stuff going on. And But uh, yeah, she, she said that one kind of confused her a little bit, so she didn't really care for that one. Yeah. And then other than that, we just kind of kind of relaxed. She hung out with my mom and sister. <laughs> Got some hair to do her hair and stuff for the week. And yeah, it was a cool, chill, relax. Even though I'm not talking about the movie today, I, I made my first trip to Hendersonville to check out the their IMAX theater there. Got caught in rain, traffic. What was supposed to have been like a 30-minute trip became an hour. But, you know, I said next time. I've been, I've been to Hendersonville before. But I said the next time I go, I'm going to check out the theater, which mm-hmm. I did. And watched a three-hour, twenty-seven-minute-long movie, <laughs> which you know you're going to make your trip worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that definitely. Thankfully, it was it was good. So yeah, but and then I shared a post about putting intermissions in theaters yes. that are that long and movies that are that long. Which yeah, I agree. I mean, even though yeah. I got through it and didn't have any issues, like well, I got to go. I noticed about right. three or four people that was getting up, going to the bathroom, coming back, yeah. and. You know, you never know when to take that break because exactly. You know, if it's something you've seen for the first time, you don't want to miss anything because you don't know yeah. what's worth exactly. not watching and what should be watched. So, I mean, I think it'd been cool if they just cut some of the trailers at the beginning and then put those in the middle. This yeah. a break to give people a chance to go to the bathroom and whatnot, and then finish the movie. But I feel like we're gonna get like some four-hour movies or more soon, <laughs> so they're gonna I have to. I'm gonna have to incorporate it. I mean, of course, Sage is gonna keep putting movies out. They're gonna be at least three hours. Well, and you would think somebody his age, the last thing you want to do is make movies longer, because yeah. people your age or his age, their bladders aren't getting any smaller. They're getting, you know, yeah. That urge to have to go is gonna become more frequent, not infrequent. So and that's even without having a drink. Sometimes <laughs> exactly. And yeah. for me, like I was debating, like because. It is such a long movie. That's a lot of time I'm going to have to dedicate because to try and schedule to go because it is going to be a movie I can't just like nod off through. And right. it, it's one I want to pay attention to and, you know, really 
give it my full attention. I'm not going to be able to do that the amount of, you know, kind of like a lot of times that I can get to go and no one I know is going to want to go see this. Like yeah. no one in this house is going to want to go see it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I'm honestly just thinking, well, I'll just wait till November 10th when it's supposed to be coming to Apple TV plus and just wait till then, because then I can, if I need to stop it or, you know, come right. back to it later, I can. True. If, you know, an extended intermission, if you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just, that's a lot of time to just, just be sitting in one it place. Is. And, yeah. Yeah. And it, it was a, I mean, it was a struggle. Just, I mean, he had Endgame, which was a little over yeah. three hours, but there was a lot going on in that. And then Oppenheimer, which was yeah. a little over three hours. Well, right at three hours, yeah. but that's more of a slower pace movie. This one, it's a little more slower pace, but it's an interesting story. So yeah. it will it will keep you engaged, but it's still a long time. Especially if you get there during the previews and you got about 15, 20 minutes of that. So it's like a four hour trip in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah. I've, I almost waited till November just to wait. But I was like, no, I have an early early day when I went. So I'm gonna take yeah. advantage so I can get out early. And it worked out. That's good. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'll probably end up having to wait. Yeah. So, I do know kind of jumping the gun, but this week we've got five nights at Freddy's coming out. York apparently didn't have any interest. However, his friend's group is wanting to go. So he's going to go. Yeah. So like, let me know when you guys are, you know, want to go. I will, I will happily take you so I can yeah. go see it then. Yeah. Also, but, yeah. if if you don't make it to the theater, it's also releasing on Peacock the same day. So if it doesn't work out, right, you can check it out at home. Yeah, which that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I told Kyle about that, so I gave him my login. Like, since you won't be here, this movie will be out this week, so you can check it out. And then, if not, when you come back, we'll watch it. <laughs> like, I feel like he's wanting to see it so he can go mock it, which that's fine but yeah i as like just realize i don't make sure your friends are going to go see it for that reason too true <laughs> so you don't true. you know make it less of an enjoyable experience for them but yeah so yeah it that's something to look forward to though yeah i've been just trying to hulu's got a bunch of horror movies that they had added to their to their list yeah and so I, I I was getting caught up on some of the ones you've already talked about that I that I hadn't watched and actually got around to watching. Probably talk about that next week since it'll be right before Halloween. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Grayson did a couple of trunk retreats. Uh, she did one. It did entered in the costume contest. She's going as roller skating Barbie with the exact outfit from the movie. Cool and. She ended up winning the uh, costume contest. So her outfit. Congratulations. So. Yep. So she's pretty excited about that. So <laughs> York still, you know, too cool. I mean, he's just outgrown yeah. dressing up, which is fine. Yeah. But if he wanted to, and you know, hook him up. But now he's good, as he's told me a couple of times. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. No Maybe worries. later it'll become cosplaying. Then like. Yep. Cosplay. Yeah. It's not cos- cosplaying. Not yes. dressing up. Not dressing up. I'm just, just doing cosplay. God, Dad. 
That's why it costs so much more. Yeah. <laughs> Make it weird. Yeah. God. Yeah, no, but otherwise we're we're good here. Just going through air going through the things. We are Ruth and I both had good birthdays. I guess we haven't recorded since then, but yeah. I had good birthdays, chilled, you know. We went to York and I went to a hockey game while they were in well, Ruth and Grayson were on their Disneyland trip, and then for my birthday, we went and watched the Nashville Soccer Club play, and they ended up winning three to one. So they lost this last game Saturday, but they're still in the playoffs. So they're playing Orlando, I think, next a week from today. Yep, at Orlando, and then on Thursday here. Yep, something like that. So good luck to them. And, you know, my Missouri Tigers are 7-1, and I am over the moon excited about it. I'm just enjoying this ride. Yeah. Bye week coming up, and then we go we go to Georgia to play. Now. It's going to be a battle. It is. And here's the thing that I'm trying to keep to help keep me, what's, what's the word, optimistic. Everything the Missouri Tigers have done this, this season has mm-hmm. mirrored their their 2013 season and in 2013 they beat georgia so granted georgia wasn't georgia then right still i'm trying to be optimistic because literally everything else is just falling suit so yeah fingers crossed i mean after that i think they've got florida then tennessee then arkansas then the season's over so okay florida and arkansas should be should be wins should and Tennessee will be will also be a good game and always is between those two teams so yeah no we're just enjoying the ride as we go because that's what Missouri fans do <laughs> we're just thankful for every win there you go no wins no win it's not like an Alabama fan where every win's expected it's like oh, another win <sighs> yawn yeah deal. yeah and then when they lose it's like the end of the world but they'll be all right yeah. It humbles you. Keep just, just remember that. It's got to happen at some point. <laughs> exactly. Or loss. But, Winning or losing. Yep. All right. So because we didn't record, we got a bunch of trailers to go over. So we'll try and go through that. Y'all just expect this to be a, a decently decent episode. It's not going to be a Mark, Martin Scorsese, but <laughs> it be a longer episode than normal. First trailer, A24's new movie, The Iron Claw, rent time, two hours, ten minutes. This is the true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who made history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Written and directed by Sean Durkin, uh, stars Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White and Harris Dickinson as the brothers. And Holt McElhaney as their coach. So this will be, it already looks great. I'm already excited for that. Yeah. They're going to 824 all over the screen, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then next we have, sorry. Next we have Eddie Murphy's <laughs> new movie, Candy Cane Lane, coming to Amazon Prime December 1st. Oh, Iron Claw comes out December 22nd. Sorry about that. Candy K. Lane coming to Amazon Prime December 1st. 
A man is determined to win the neighborhood's annual Christmas decorating contest. He makes a pact with an elf to help him win. And the elf casts a spell that brings the 12 days of Christmas to life, which brings unexpected chaos to town. So, starring Eddie Murphy, Tracy Ellis Ross, Julian Bill. It looks like a Christmas movie. Oh, Chris Redd and Nick Offerman as well. Cool. I'm sure I will be watching it because, <coughs> yeah, it'll be part of the Christmas movie. But I'm, yeah. 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 Your Christmas movie marathon. Yeah, like me and Dustin Rubin, we're gonna, I'm going to try and get together and have us do another episode this year. So... Let's see, next we have another. So they released one trailer, kind of like a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. So the official trailer for Pain Hustlers that's coming to Netflix this Friday, starring Emily Blunt, Chris Evans, Catherine O'Hara, and Andy Garcia. Liza dreams of a better life for herself and her daughter. She gets a job at a bankrupt pharmacy, and Liza's guts catapult the company and her into the high life, putting her in the middle of a criminal conspiracy. Dun, dun, dun. Directed by David Yates, who directed one or several of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> then, I can't remember if I mentioned it's coming to Netflix, but it's coming to Netflix. And then we've got an official trailer for Ferrari, Michael Mann's latest movie, which I will, as a big Michael Mann fan, I will be... I'll be there. I'm very excited. Starring Shailene Woodley and Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz and Patrick Dempsey. Set in the summer of 1957 with Enzo Ferrari's auto empire in crisis, the ex-racer turned entrepreneur pushes himself and his drivers to the edge as they launch into the Mille Miguela, a treacherous 1,000-mile race across Italy. Coming out this Christmas Day. Should be good too. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure the driving scenes will be. We'll finally. We'll not finally. We'll see something new as the way it's shot and everything. So, because Michael Mann always has a really good eye on how to shoot things, set up cameras, placement, and everything, and yeah. always get the best out of his actors. So, next we have new trailer for Saltburn coming out November 17th. Excuse me. Select theaters. November 17th, and then Thanksgiving everywhere. Starring Barry Cake, Keoghan. Is that how we decided that his name was pronounced? Keoghan? We'll go with that. I've, ne- I've, that never actually, I've never heard his name. Like, I've never watched interview where his name was said. Yeah. Well, the he was during the all the different award shows. I think it's yeah. Keoghan. I think it's the Irish way of saying it. Jacob Elordi, Archie Medicway, Sadie Silverall. And others. So this is in Rosamund Pike, of course. And this is Emerald Fennell's latest movie. A student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. So I'm sure that'll be good. Yeah. I'm interested. It's definitely, it looks interesting. 
Next is an official trailer for Ridley Scott's newest movie, Napoleon. It should be in theaters November 22nd, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Rupert Everett, and Vanessa Kirby. The film takes a personal look at Napoleon Bonaparte's origins and his swift, ruthless climb to emperor, viewed through the prism of his addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. I'm yeah. sure it will also be a great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And next, we have the trailer for Rustin, starring Coleman Domingo as in this rousing bio, biopic drama, which shines a long overdue spotlight on the contributions of trailblazing, openly gay civil rights activist Bayard Rustin. Starring Coleman Domingo, Chris Rock, Quinn Turman, Mill Amin, Gus Halper, CCH Pounder, Michael Potts, and Audra McDonald. That is coming out, yeah, November 17th. And next we have, in case you need some counter-programming for Christmas, <laughs> we have Anyone But You. After an amazing first date, B and Ben's fiery attraction turns ice cold until they find themselves unexpectedly reunited at a destination wedding in Australia. So they do what any two mature adults would do, pretend to be a couple. Written and directed by Will Gluck, starring Sidney Sweeney and Top Gun Maverick's Glenn Powell. And Brian Brown. Oh, I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. Rachel Griffiths is also in it. Dermot Mulroney. So, yeah. And that comes out December 15th. This seems like a weird time for a... Yeah. Hmm. Didn't want to hold off till February, I guess. Or January. <laughs> right. <sighs> and then finally, we got a good trailer for, for Emma Stone's latest movie that's been getting a lot of buzz poor things yeah it's the movie a24 should have made but didn't <laughs> for what i right. understand slip through their the, cracks <laughs> yep the incredible tale about a fantastical evolution of bella baxter a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist dr goodwin baxter or godwin baxter yorgos latimus director Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Rami Youssef, Vicky Pepperdine, Jack Barton. Yeah. So, and that is set to come out December 8th. And last but not least, but last but most recent, there we go. <laughs> Trailer to drop. We have The Boys in the Boat. This is directed by George Clooney. A 1930s set story centered on the University of Washington's rowing team from their Depression-era beginnings to winning gold at the 1936 Berlin and Olympics. Starring Joel Edgerton, Colin Turner, Peter Guinness, Sam Strike, Thomas Elms, Jack Mulhern. Yeah. Coming up Christmas Day, because, you know, we yeah. go with our Oscar movies. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you think about just the movies we talked about, just in trailers, the Iron Claw, I'm sure we'll get yeah. at least act, some acting ones, I'm sure. Ferrari, obviously, will be director, and I'm sure probably actor. 
at the very least, if not probably cinematography from just what little I've seen. Right. Saltburn, maybe? Some acting one, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Napoleon, for sure. Yep. And then Poor Things, and then The Boys in the Boat, just alone. Not to mention movies that have already come out, like Barbie and Oppenheimer and you know true. a couple others that have already shined. So it's true. This is the time of year where we start seeing these, 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 you know, award nomination hopefuls. <laughs> yeah. So well, see how it all turns out for them. Yes. Yeah, see what see what develops. <sighs> And with SAG still on strike, I'm still wondering if they're going to have the Screen Actors Guild Awards. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Dang. They'll have a Writers Guild, apparently. Yeah. That one's at least... That should be a fun one to watch. <laughs> Actually, both of them, if they get resolved, should be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Well, hopefully it all gets worked out, because, I mean, exactly. it's just... Just do what you're supposed. Just do what you're supposed to. Pay pay these people. Maybe the fact maybe the fact they're not getting paid is why things aren't as great as they should be. True story. All right, I'm gonna let you start this week, my friend, since we did not watch any that were the same movies. But alrighty. So first movie I'm gonna talk about is I watched The Burial, which released on Prime on October 13th. Runtime of uh, two hours and six minutes and directed by uh, Maggie Betts, who also gets uh, screenwriting credit as well. Uh, stars Jamie Foxx as Willie E. Gary. Tommy Lee Jones as Jeremiah O'Keefe. Journey Smollett as Mame Downs. Alan Rook as Mike Allred. Mamadou Athey as Hal Dawkins. Pamela Reed as Annette O'Keefe. And Bill Camp as Raymond Lowen. This is inspired by true events. A lawyer helps a funeral homeowner save his family business from a corporate behemoth exposing a complex web of race, power, and injustice. So, Jeremiah O'Keefe, played by Tommy Jones from Biloxi, Mississippi, has found himself in a situation where he's at risk of losing his eight funeral homes, his burial insurance company, and the ability to leave something for his family, you know, to carry on the business because he inherited mm-hmm. from his dad before he passed, <clears throat> which is how he got into that business. Desperate for a solution, he seeks counsel from a flashy lawyer from Florida. So, <clears throat> I guess I'll go with the backstory, which leads him mm-hmm. to Willie Gary. So, he's unable to maintain a certain amount of money in his account. So, therefore, he puts him at risk of losing his business license. His lawyer, Mike Allred, suggests selling off a part of his company, like at least three of the homes, to another company to kind of keep things afloat. But he's not too big on corporations. But, you know, seeing the right on the wall figures it's probably worth a shot to keep things going for he so he can leave stuff for his family and his kids to carry on as a legacy. So they meet with the loan group and Raymond. So he does agree to sell off the three businesses, but he has one stipulation because he sells insurance. The one caveat is that the loan group agrees to no longer sell insurance in Mississippi. That's one one of his main ways of making money. So they're both kind of reluctant to do this, but they agree to the terms. But the problem is O'Keefe is the only one to sign the contract. Lowen Company is kind mm. of holding out. So and four months have passed. 
without a signature from Lowen and, and company. So the thought is that Lowen has no intention to close the deal because if this were to happen, O'Keefe would indeed lose his insurance, his license to sell insurance, and not only lose the funeral homes he agreed to sell, but also everything. So <clears throat> O'Keefe has a young up-and-coming lawyer who does some research to find a lawyer that can take and help them on this case because they plan on suing, which leads them to Willie E. Gary, which is the flashy attorney from Florida. And the way they find them is on a video from Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. But, yeah. um, so, you know, they watch the video and O'Keefe's kind of impressed by him. So he sits in on one of Willie's cases and impresses and is impressed by what he sees. So they decide to set up a meeting to talk to him about taking the case. The problem is Willie only deals with personal injury cases, doesn't do contract law. And plus, they're not asking for enough money, and it doesn't look like a case that he can win, which is checks the boxes. It needs to be something, a case where they can win a lot of money, and one he feels he can win. So he, you know, says he's not going to take the case for those reasons. But <clears throat> how Dawkins decides to take one more shot, and he gives a good a story about O'Keefe's past, by he was served military, and he helped, basically he helped black people in certain situations fight the Ku Klux Klan. So, but then he also gives a story about how the Lowen Company is a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company, and if he wins, it could be a big payoff for mm -hmm. everyone. And so he agrees to take the case. The thing is, Willie has never lost a case. <laughs> so, okay. he's got, so he's got that kind of on the line, and he's taking on a case that he's not used to doing. But, uh, so Willie takes his team, they meet up with Mike Allred and his team, but Willie is the one that's named lead attorney, which Allred doesn't like. But after, you know, heated argument and then O'Keefe talking to Allred, they agree to move forward with Willie as the lead. Word gets back to the loan company because one, not only the original six to eight million dollars that they originally want, Willie has bumped that up to a hundred million, which the loan company kind of laughs at. But also since they've decided to get themselves a flashy black lawyer. Law and Company decides to get them a black lawyer of their own. And not only that, they get a Mame Downs who has the reputation and nickname of the Python due to how intense she is during cross-examination. She really kind of goes in. Yeah. Um, so upon meeting Mame, he sees her, basically he sees her and her team working on a case at the hotel that they're staying. Willie, Willie does. And he sends them a bottle of champagne, just has a Kind of a peace offering or whatnot. But then he also has a little one-on-one -on -one with her in the dining hall. You know, they have good conversation, talking. They kind of relate to a lot of things being in the situation they're in. Each one has never lost a case. But by the end of the conversation, Mame tells him, like, you know, don't get used to me being nice because once we get in the courtroom, I'm going to I'm I'm kill you. I'm going to demolish yeah. you. I'm going to rip your, you know, basically just tell him, don't let the kindness fool you because once we get there, it's all business. So the case kind of hits a snag for Willie and crew because Willie decides to put O'Keefe on the stand and then Downs just pretty much slaughters him during her cross-examination. She begins, she questions his character, oh. mainly because of some business dealings he did with a now convicted felon, which at the time O'Keefe didn't know. And, you know, it's a lot of going back and forth with pulling, you know, race cards and because we find out that O'Keefe's attorney Allred his dad was a member of the KKK. So 
all that comes out. And so at that moment, they're at a kind of a crossroads of should they just settle for what they originally were going to do or should they keep going through with the case? Lowen makes an offer for settlement, which is, you know, still a lot more than what they what were originally going to do, but not quite the hundred million. Mm-hmm. But they continue, they decide to continue and pursue the case. But yeah, outside of that, great performances from everyone. But yeah, when when we said they showed <clears throat> Journey Smollett doing her cross examination, like she she digs in, like she she does not she don't play, and so much so that All Red becomes lead, and they drop Willie back down to just I guess support, so yeah, so to speak. But it it was interesting having not ever heard of this story before. Yeah. So it was interesting to watch. So apparently for this movie, Harrison Ford was originally going to play O'Keefe, but okay. uh, Tommy Jones replaced him. Jerry O'Keefe was a Marine pilot in World War II, shot down five Japanese planes in one day on April 22nd, 1945. So just, and he was okay. awarded the Navy Cross and Distinguished Flying Cross. There's a scene in the movie where Jamie Foxx inexplicably holds a baseball bat while strategizing with his team of attorneys, which is what Tom Cruise did in A Few Good Men. Tom Cruise's character was an avid softball player, and the scene took place mm-hmm. in his home, so it made sense that he had this had the bat. Conversely, Jamie Foxx's character had made no mention of why he had the bat, and the scene took place in an office setting far <laughs> from his home. So, But still a reference to that scene. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Performances are great. There, There's like a moment where... Willie E. Gary goes home, talks to his mom, and they have a scene where they pretty much talk about the history of where he was from, and she's explaining to O'Keefe about the fight that, you know, Willie Gary has shown, because he's one of, I think, let's say, at least 10 or 12 kids, <laughs> and, and so, but but it's a good movie to check out on Prime for the four performances alone, great cast. They even got uh, Tommy Jones singing in this. I forget what song that they were playing in the background, but he. It was a funny moment on the plane that they had him and Jimmy Fox had. It was just unexpected. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> no, not Sweet Caroline. Don't stop believing. That would have worked, but I meant to write it down, but. But it was, it was a good movie worth checking out. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if there'll be any nominations from it, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe, maybe acting for Jimmy okay. Fox, maybe, you know, act, lead actor. But, but one check mm. worth checking out. You got Prime. Turn around every <laughs> now and then. Oh, I'm just saying that because that is the great segue for. That is a great segue to talk about our next movie. <laughs> See how I did that? I watched on Amazon Prime, Totally Killer. So I saw the trailer for this. I'm like, I already know I'm going to like it because yep. it's a horror movie that time tra- a time traveling horror movie. Now, I am a sucker, as we know, for a good time travel movie. And... This just had a lot of, it hit a lot of beats that, you know, it's scary, but yet it's still going to have some good humor in it. And 
I was like, I'm, I'm already on board. So this movie is rated R one hour, 46 minutes long. Mwah. Yes. Perfect. When the infamous quote unquote, sweet 16 killer in quote returns 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, 17 year old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987 determined to stop the killer before he can start. All right. Yeah. Minority. Board. See, there you go. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. If back to future had a, had a horror element to it, then yeah. more so than the more so than the back to the future part two, that turned out to not be too far off from where we're at. Back. But yeah, we, anyways, we, uh, this movie stars, Kiernan Shipka as Jamie Hughes, Olivia Holt as Pam Miller, young Pam Miller, Charlie Gillespie as Team Blake Hughes, Lachlan Monroe as Adult Blake Hughes, and Julie Bowen as Adult Pam Hughes. So Pam and Lachlan are the parents, and Jamie's their daughter. Okay. And it's great because there's a lot of them as parents now obviously trying to get the kids ready and all this stuff and they've lived through they're trying to be parents trying to you know they're the boring parents that are trying to get things done have to get to work and all this other stuff and jamie's a teen that's you know a teen yeah (laughs) so it's right around the time that these horrible killings happened back 35 years ago and there's this podcast group that's there, you know, to talk, to go around and interview and talk to people and be there for this whole event, you know, mm-hmm. of this anniversary date and the count, you know, which it's around Halloween. So it's kind of a buzz and all that stuff. Yeah. And we find out one of Jamie's friends, Amelia has been working on basically doing, she's, does some like engineering and stuff. So she's trying to essentially build a time machine out of a photo booth, not out of a DeLorean, out of a photo booth. Okay. Cause you know, work with what you got. <laughs> so right. old school photo booth where they kind of, where this small town has like their little carnival fair thing. So based kind of fast forwarding up, Jamie gets chased after the sweet 16 killer. Who's wearing a mask that, is partly inspired by Max Headroom, minus the sunglasses, but also Billy, but also Billy, Billy Idol. You think between the hair and then the earring, you know, the earrings. Yeah. But it has like the eyebrows more like a, almost like a, not a scar, but like a stitching. There you go. Like a stitching. So kind of adds a little menacing look to it. Yeah. While getting into the fight with the Sweet 16 killer, she, ends up activating the photo booth slash time machine and gets transported back to 1987 where this fair or the carnival things going on. She's winds up outside this photo booth and everything. Yeah. So she's there and now she, she's there the right before all the original killings start. So she of course meets her parents. The, so her name's the character named Jamie is inspiration from Jamie Lee Curtis. That's kind of what she's named after. All of 
of her mom's friends are known as the Mollies because they're all dressed as different versions of Molly Ringwald movies. Okay. So, which being no, being referred to as the Mollies is a reference to Heather's. <laughs> so, okay. In which yes. Oh, there are eighties eighties movies references galore in this movie, which is great. Which is another reason why I loved it. Yeah. And their last, both Jamie, Pam, and Blake are all, their last names are the Hughes, hence John Hughes, not to that. So just, like I said, they're just everywhere. Like they go, the high school they go to is Vernon High School, named after Richard Vernon from the Breakfast Club, the principal. Yeah, just like I said, they're all over. It's an 80s movie nerds <laughs> dreams yeah. going, ooh, 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 and seeing all those fun little things but yeah so basically she goes back in time and has to she she's gonna try and stop all these murders from happening so of course that is like a lot of her mom's friends were the ones that got murdered and trying to obviously find out who the actual killer is and then stop them from you know stop the murders from happening which will then of course change the future but also she needs to get back to the future yeah. right so and she still has her phone, which one of the friends. No, no, no. Different. Huh? Wrong movie. Doesn't have a phone. Take that back. Okay. Different movie. That's that's another for, that's another movie I'm talking about later. But uh, yeah, this movie. It's is it scary? Yes. But is it funny? It's very fun. I mean, I laughed quite a bit. This will be one I probably watch multiple times because I just really enjoyed it thought the acting was done well i thought it's just watching just watching how everything takes place like because you know when you go back similar to back to the future where they're trying you know in the movie he's trying to help get his parents together in this movie she's trying to keep her parents apart because they don't meet because the his the story is is that they hooked up but then you know they realized they weren't right for each other at the time mm-hmm. and then dated some other people and then they met up later on and then that's when they hooked up and then got married and then had her. Okay. So so she's provided. Yes. But if she would just leave things well enough alone, right. It it wasn't going to happen anyways. Cause according to the story, it's not going to. Yeah. Okay. But her, her mom was just ready. (laughs) I guess we'll just say, is that a good way to put it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's just ready. And so, you know, she realizes she witnesses her mom make a lot of mistakes as a as a teenager to kind of help kind of figure out why she was the way she, you know, why she is now the way she is. Of course, granted, if six, you know, six or so murders probably would do it. Uh, yeah. For sure. Again, nobody moves. Why doesn't people why don't people move in these movies? Nobody moves. They just stay in the city. Or stay in the small little town. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, six murders. It's time to gotta dip. It's time to go and get somewhere. <laughs> like, I'll write you, email you. <laughs> yeah, something, but nothing happens. So, <laughs> but no, I just really enjoyed this. It's just a fun watch. Is I would have definitely seen. I would have happily seen this in the theater. I would have had a great time too. And I think this is one of those movies that would be fun to watch with with a lot of people. I watched it by myself. I still enjoyed it, 
but I can't even imagine how much more fun it would be to see this one in theater with a uh, theater. Yeah. You know, it's, it warmed this little Gen Xer's heart (laughs) watching this. And yeah, there are, so there are some similarities or there was, there's been some criticism that this movie is very similar to the 2015 movie, the final girls. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, I then went and rented when because I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. So I went and rented the Final Girls, to which I will talk about in my next movie. I did not see the similarities though. Two completely different plots, but I could kind of see a little bit of similarities. Yeah. It's just it just wasn't blatant. Like oh wow, I've already seen this movie. No. Yeah, this was done differently. It's same kind of tone it's a comedy horror but it's not i mean i would almost say this is almost no even still that would almost be like saying happy death day is somewhere because it's technically that's a time loop movie not a time travel movie but it's still a comedy horror like it's it's kind of silly to draw to try and draw comparisons because they're completely different i think this this movie is a lot of fun fun to watch older teens maybe and up Definitely adults for sure, because it's just fun to watch. Add it to your list of movies to watch for Halloween or up to ha- leading up to Halloween. So it's a good watch. I really enjoyed it. So I don't want to tell what all happens and who you know who dies and who lives and all that stuff. But it's it's good. It's well done. It it, it was definitely very enjoyable. That's for sure. So big recommend for. Me. It's one might say it's totally killer. All right. My next movie, I checked out the Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, which was supposed to come to theaters, but it never did. But I found it on AMC Plus. It was streaming on okay. there. This originally came out June 3rd of this year. Sweet runtime of an hour and 32 minutes. Oh, yeah. uh, directed by Bamani J. Story, and it stars Leia DeLeon Hayes, Denzel Whitaker. And Chad Coleman. <clears throat> so, Vicaria is a brilliant teenager who believes death is a disease that can be cured. After the brutal murder of her brother, she embarks on a dangerous journey to bring him back to life. This is kind of basically like Frankenstein. But it starts off, she also lost her mother, who got shot by a stray bullet while she was being held by her mother, just sitting out during the day. And... I believe this is what kind of, I guess, inspired her to look more into death. But it put a severe severe stress on the family. Dad is working two jobs. Her brother eventually gets into the gang life, I guess, to try to find out who killed his mom or just that was his way of dealing with the situation. But that gang life catches up to him and he ends up getting shot down while in a shootout with a rival gang. So the body disappears. Nobody knows where the body went, but Vicaria takes the body because she, she figures out she can cure death. She can bring her brother back. And I guess sim- similar to Frankenstein, she, because of their neighborhood, it's heavy violence. There's other people that die. So she takes body parts from these other dead people, puts them together with her brother, but nothing is working as far as bringing him back. So there's a young kid in the neighborhood who gets shot by police 
and they're, they're attempting the, the paramedics arrive. They try to bring them back by using the you know the paddles, electric shock. Mm-hmm. And even though they're successful briefly to bring them back, he does eventually pass. But she gets the idea like, okay, if I can get a good amount of electricity, maybe that'll work to bring my brother back. So she rigs up this electric field, like like some device she connects to the the <clears throat> power outage of the neighborhood. She connects to the fence. Connects it to the table where she has a brother and just runs electricity to him. And it does bring him to life. Their first encounter, he kind of freaks out, grabs her arm and leaves like a really bad mark. It's almost like he has electricity flowing through his body because it's like it's like severe burn marks on her arm. Yeah. But the next encounter, they, he kind of recognizes her as calm. So she has a plan to show him the people that killed him. But also to show what is killing their father because he's decided to take drugs. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was something he did in the past, but the way of coping of losing his wife and son, along with working these two jobs, he's also taking drugs. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So there's a car in the neighborhood where they stash the drugs, where they do their daily business. So she takes him to the car. He busts the window open and she grabs it. She takes it. But one of the gang members spots them and takes a shot at. Her brother's name is Chris, but takes a shot at him and almost gets killed by Chris, but basically gets incapacitated, severe neck wounds, like he's choking him out. Doesn't yeah. kill him, doesn't kill him. But the other members of this gang go searching for Chris and they don't find him. But they're missing the drugs that they had in the car. And because Macari was the last person seen at the car, they're questioning her about the whereabouts of this person that she was seen with. And because of her refusal to give information, now Denzel Whitaker's character, Kango, is hiring her to, since she's such a scientist, because she has the, the nickname of being the yeah. mad scientist. So since she's so good with science, you can help me with my project by cutting my drugs, which, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she reluctantly does. You know, she's 15 in school, but yeah. her dad's not going to notice because he's working two jobs and on drugs, so he's not. Right. Yeah. But the one bright point is there's a moment in the movie where she's in school teachers teaching and you know she's fixated with death and she's basically schooling the teacher which the teacher doesn't like and on top of that she doesn't get her name right she's calling her vicaria which vicaria keeps correcting her mm-hmm. so she says i'm gonna call you vicky and so uh, she said well since we're giving each other nicknames i'm just gonna call you bitch <laughs> which, the teacher, <laughs> which the teacher really doesn't like tells her to leave Right. Goes to t- tells her she needs to go to detention to the principal's office, but Ricardo refuses to leave, so she calls security to come in. And so he puts his hands on her, which leads to a conference between Ricardo, her dad, and the teacher. Which yeah. shortened of this, their dad basically tells her, you know, you're the teacher, teach. And don't yeah. have anybody security put their hands on. So even though he's going through his thing, he's still there for his daughter, you know. Something like this happens. He comes to toss a teacher and sets her straight, has her back. So that's a, a good point. But so in the meantime, <clears throat> she's trying to figure out. Basically, Chris ends up befriending a neighbor, a little kid. Ricardi has a friend and her. I don't know if it's her younger sister or her daughter, mm-hmm. but Chris befriends her by living in an empty apartment and peeping through the wall. And so this is kind of freaking Ricardia out because if, yeah. you know, they find out about it, it's going to be like Frankenstein. They're going to try to find him and kill him and whatnot. 
but it's it's a different movie. I thought it was pretty pretty good, but the thing is, she's trying to cure death, but then she brings her brother back, which kind of brings death <laughs> in a way. So right. she's got a lesson that she has to learn with that, which I don't know if she actually does. I don't want to say too much about it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I did like the movie. It's probably good that it was with the streaming. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much in the theater, but it seemed like it's okay. perfect for streaming. Performances are good. It's kind of, um, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand wanting to bring someone back that passes away, but he's obviously a monster because he doesn't look like himself. He's real bulky, hulking, mm-hmm. hoodie over his face, and he doesn't look like himself. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like Frankenstein where there's a confusion. He's still yeah. Chris inside, but everybody's saying he's a monster, you know, type deal. But I don't know if I would... If you're interested in watching it, watch it. If not, I don't know if I could recommend it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I did like it, I just don't know if I'd recommend it. But if it's something you're already interested in, maybe give it a watch since it's on streaming if you have AMC. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was all right. Okay. You know, just that one scene in the in the classroom was probably like the my favorite part. Just yeah, cause she because she's it's like if you're gonna disrespect my name, I'm gonna disrespect you and <laughs> just right. go back and forth and yeah. But it was cool for what it was. Yeah. But yeah. So Yorick gets called Yurik all the time. Yurik. Yurk. Okay. Yurk. Yurk. Yurik. And York, like it's they miss a Yorick, Yorick. It's like literally you could split it up. Yo, Rick. Yo, Rick. Yeah. Literally, I'll put the two together. Yorick. Yurk, Yurk. It's like oh my god. <laughs> There's an O, not a U, or an E, and en- enunciate. There yes. are syllables. <laughs> yeah. Was. All right. So I watched because after reading some of the trivia about Totally Killer, I decided to go and find this movie, The Final Girls, which I rented on Apple TV, but you can rent it on Prime as well. So The Final Girls came out in 2015. No, I don't remember this movie. So, ever. PG-13. Runtime, one hour, 31 minutes. A young woman grieving the loss of her mother, a famous scream queen from the 1980s, finds herself pulled into the world of her mom's most famous movie. Reunited, the women must fight off the film's maniacal killer. So, basically, the daughter... Imagine if your mom was in Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. part two. We'll say part two because okay. Jason. Yeah. yeah. Imagine she was in Friday the 13th, part two, and then now you are a teenager and your mom's still trying, your mom's trying to find work. But she, you know, she auditions and stuff like that. It's just you and her. And then all of a sudden on the way home from dinner, you get hit by a drunk driver. Car gets hit by a drunk driver. You survive. Your mom does not. Okay. So now you have to go and live with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. No, I'm just. But you have to go. She goes to live with her with her aunt. 
And she has, you know, a group of friends and stuff. She has, she does have a stepbrother, which I don't know how that, no, one of her friends has a stepbrother. That's what it is. And so played by, so sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself already because I'm <laughs> really interested. So it's directed by Todd Strauss Schulson, who is one of the ones <coughs> who made the comment saying that this movie is a lot like his movie or totally killer was a lot like his movie. It's like, didn't we already make this movie? I'm like, no, because yours does not involve time travel. Yours involves getting sucked into a movie. It's completely different. I like, uh, was it last action hero? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So pretty much, I mean, essentially that's what it is. It's your movie is actually closer to last action hero than, <laughs> <laughs> than totally killer is to your movie. Anyways. And that's okay. There's room enough for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> in this giant world of film. So the movie was co-written by Joshua John Miller, who was as a way of dealing with the death of his dad, Jason Miller, who had starred as Father Karras in the in the original Exorcist movie. Okay. So that so think while we're talking about this movie, keep that in your mind because you can kind of see how that's playing out. And so it stars Tasia Farmiga as Max Cartwright, Malin Ackerman as Nancy, basically Max's mother, the one that was the actress <coughs> or is the actress in the in the horror movies. Adam Devine as Kurt. He plays one of the characters in the horror movie. Thomas Middleditch plays Duncan, who is one of Max's friends. Alexander Ludwig plays Chris, who is also one of Max's friends. Nina Dobrev plays Vicky Summers. Then you have who plays Vicky Summers in the movie, okay. in the horror movie. Then you have Aaliyah Shawcott as Gertie Michaels, who is Duncan's half stepsister and Max's best friend. Then you have Angela Trimber as Tina, Chloe Bridges as Paula, and Tori and Thompson as Blake. All these characters are in the horror movie. All of those characters are in this horror movie. Okay. So there's, it's going to be kind of hard to keep track. So essentially what happens is, so yeah, so after her mom dies in the, in the car accident, she goes to live with her aunt. Goes to school there. She's kind of, you know, kind of like the Sydney Prescott, you know, just kind of, I don't know, you know, just still kind of withdrawn, but yet still has friends and still hangs out with friends, but still fairly quiet because, you know, she's still trying to, she still hasn't been able to fully grieve the loss of her mother. Mm -hmm. She's never watched her mom's movie or she's watched it, but she's not rewatched it since her death of the movie her mom was in. And meanwhile, Duncan's trying to get, he's like this horror movie nerd and they're doing a special screening of camp bloodbath, which is the name of the horror movie. Right. And they're doing like, a, and so they, they're hoping that they could actually go in after the movie, do like a Q and a with max. Cause her mom was in the movie. Well, 
Obviously, Max really is not into that and really doesn't even want to go to the movie, but begrudgingly agrees to go with them to the movie. So they all go to the theater to watch it. As the movie is starting, the theater, the someone basically has <coughs> alcohol, rolls down, you know, rolls down the movie theater. So, you know, those floors are just concrete. So yeah. liquid's filling everywhere. It then rolls and hits the front of the actual screen. Well, then somebody drops something that ignites the alcohol and then everything catches on fire, including the screen. So everybody's now trying to leave this theater. Right. And someone, of course, you know, everybody, you got kind of like in the stab movies, people are dressed up like characters. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, somebody had like a machete type thing. So Max cuts through the screen to try and get out. And in doing so, when her and her friends walk through the screen as it's on, you know, as everything's, you know, catching on fire, they all, when they walk through, they're transported into the movie. They're basically sucked into the movie. Uh, the screen is a portal. <laughs> Pretty much. Essentially, yeah. is what it is. It becomes a portal. And so they just wind up in the woods, not knowing where the heck they are. And so, of course, they are just kind of, they all regroup. And they're just kind of sitting on the road because they don't know where they're at. They're trying to figure out where they're at. And then this this van comes by with the characters from the movie. And okay. the only one that really, rec- you know, they they ask if, you know, if they know the way to the camp. And, you know, Max and her friends are like, no. Okay, thanks, bye. And then they drive off. So then it, there's like a little Chiron at the screen that says 90 minutes later. Yeah. And then it's the van that drives up again. So what you quickly find out is that this movie is on a loop. As if, you know, if you just set your movie to keep replaying over and over again. Yeah. So it's not a time loop per se, but I mean, it kind of is. It's a runtime, I guess you could say. A runtime loop <laughs> of the movie. Just restart. It's so, yeah. So Duncan finally <laughs> sets his watch. And then after a couple of times, like, we're in the movie. So you're like, yeah, we do. And then Duncan gives directions like, maybe if we came with you, I could show you how to get there. And so they all get in the van together and they, and that's what they're doing out there. And so Duncan's like, we're the, we're new camp counselors. <laughs> Just playing along. Weird. <laughs> yeah. They're like, weird. You're not on the list. You must, uh, we're new addition. We're just some new additions. You guys pack really light. Oh yeah. No, our, you know, we just blah, 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 you know, give some nonsensical excuse and everything. So then Duncan's like telling his friends like, yeah, you just have to, like we're in the movie. Like we just go with it. And then you know, maybe someone would should wake sleepy head up. And then it turns out it's Nancy. It's Max's mom. And then Max is like, just her eyes. Just, you could just see just this bewilderment more or less. Like she can't believe she's seen her mom, even though it's not her mom. Right. <laughs> but it's not her mom. So she's having to, she's like, I'm not going to let my, Basically, when they get there, everybody goes off to do their their things. And Doug is like, well, we have to go make sure so-and-so doesn't go here because she's the first one killed. Right. Because they're going to try and stop all the killings in the movie instead of just. Made it play out. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, Max is like, I'm not going to let my mom die again. It's like, well, she's not your mom. She's a a character your mom is playing in this movie. But now that they're in this movie, it's like, I'm not going to let this happen to her again. Yeah. It's the final girls 
thing. This movie has a lot. It's pretty funny for, you know, for what it is. Is it scary at points, but it's more of a, almost like a satire on it. But it, in doing, in doing that, it is, it is looking at how people deal with grief though, how they overcome that, how they, how they try and get past those stages. And that's one thing I've watched. I'm trying to count here. One, two, three, four, five, possibly six. I might've forgotten one or two. I've watched at minimum six horror movies in probably two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I've, I don't know if it's just the movies I'm choosing, but there's a lot of movies that are, a, that the center themes is how they deal with grief and how they choose to try and get past that since, you know, how they choose to get past that grief and move on. Yeah. And it's very interesting. It's a very interesting theme that I have just noticed kind of been popping up and everything. And I, I found it pretty fascinating and an interesting kind of take on things. And I don't know if that's just more of a commentary on just the culture of the movies. Right. As a whole or, or something else, but or just coincidence. But yeah. it is pretty interesting. And this movie does examine that, but does it in a in a comedic way. And yes, there are killings and this people die in this movie because and again, they are in a horror movie, so people are gonna die. Right. And there's a great bit that you know, where Duncan's talking, he's like, you know, everybody sees the killer and they're trying to run and he's just standing there. He's like, Look, he's not coming for us. We're not a part of the movie we're good we're not going to die they're not part of the algorithm (laughs) pretty much i mean except you know what happens (laughs) what happens when you change an algorithm you then become part of it (laughs) true that is true so he finds out in an interesting way so (laughs) i just but it's a really funny scene it just goes on this whole monologue the dude's just standing right behind him i mean far enough away but he's just and then he leaves because he kind of gets because Duncan is literally telling them what's going to happen in the movie. And the killer is kind of like turning his head. And then you kind of see him walk off screen. Yeah. You're know, like, oh, he just left to go to the next killing until, you know, a little surprise thing happens. And it's kind of it's but in a comedic way. And it's just it's just funny. I definitely recommend if you could find this. It's to me, it was I think I even text you. This movie is worth the rental. I had a great time. I actually ended up buying it because I really I really liked it. And this is just one of those I can. I can see going back and watching because, and it's a very clever, it's a clever way of, of, of doing a comedy horror movie. And I thought it was a really interesting way to, yeah, like I said, tackle those themes, but also cause it's tackling that, but it's also kind of being satirical in the way that they, that you look at horror movies and the, the whole idea of a final girl. And right. yeah, it's, it, it's pretty good. I was, Pleasantly surprising. I'm, I'm kind of mad that it's you know eight years since, since the movie came out, and I'm just now hearing about it. Kind of went under the radar. Yeah, those those kind of movies end up being really good. Something you didn't know about and just watch it, end up being really good. Yeah, and I love, and I've kind of gotten to where I'm like, okay, if it says PG-13 for horror movies, I'll probably watch it because it's probably more just creepy, scary. Yeah, and not, and not like gory, scary. Which I like creepy, scary. That's fine if it's done well. Yeah, look at you, cobweb. Um, <laughs> I'll get into that next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, but yeah, 
before I talk about the next one, I did notice in <clears throat> Angry Black Girl and the Monster, it does deal with grief as well, because you see how each style Vicaria deals with the death of her mother and brother, how the dad deals with the death of his wife, and how her brother deals with the death of his mom. They handle it different ways, so I guess maybe I would kind of recommend it on for that, so you can just see the difference, because she goes deep into trying to figure out a cure for death. The dad's pretty much given up doing drugs, but still working, being there for his kids. But and then the brothers got into that lifestyle that caught up to him, and he died. But much like the final girls, how they just found themselves going through a portal and in the woods, not knowing where they are. I mean, yeah. that part is a segue to my movie, The Mill, where Laurel Howard plays Joe, who is an employee at Mallard Corporation, who wakes up in a strange room with no recollection, no recollection on his arrival. He doesn't know how he got there. But this movie came out uh, October 9th on Hulu. Runtime of an hour and 46 minutes. Directed by Sean King O'Grady. Stars Laurel Howery as Joe. Karen Obalam as Kate, which is his wife. And then Pete, Pat Healy as the guard. A businessman mysteriously wakes up in an open-air prison cell with only an old grist mill. Forced to work as a beast of burden. He must find a way to escape before the birth of his child. So, like I said, Joe works for Mallet Corporation. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of like a, I guess, I know the similarities in just work in general with this. But we get little flashbacks of him and his wife getting prepared for the birth of their child. And he's up for promotion at Mallard. And so he finds it weird that he's in this room, this empty room, just dirt everywhere in this mill. And he doesn't know what's going on. But what was funny is like his first thing was trying to find his phone. Then after he's like, where where am I at? I'm like, my first question is, where am I at? Why am I here? And yeah. he keeps going on about, I didn't, I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I here? Type deal. But he's not alone. There's someone he speaks through through a vent in the wall that kind of gives him the rundown of what's going yeah. on. He gets a bag of chips, a sandwich, and a bottle of water. And so the person he's talking to tells him, you know, eat up. Rest up because the next day is going to be the worst and longest day of your life. Dang. So he, he he gets his sleep, wakes up, and then you have this voice over the loudspeaker telling Joe that he's one of their most successful or brightest employees. But they noticed over time that his production numbers have lowered. His team he works for, their numbers have dropped. And as a result, the company's numbers have dropped. So this is his way to kind of reach that next level. <laughs> And in doing so, he has a quota that he must meet each day. So the mill, he must push it and have a rotation of 50 per day. And he has from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. to do this. <laughs> and he only has eight hours in between to sleep. So he can use that time however he wishes. But between 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., he's pushing that mill to meet the quota of 50 rotations. And there's other people that he doesn't have direct communication with, but he does hear them. And if by the end of the day, there's anyone that has the lowest number, they will be eliminated, AKA killed. So, so instead of doing the 50, he decides to double up and do a hundred. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm not going to be the lowest number, but in talking to his voice only neighbor, he tells him the number that he did, which he tells like, don't let people know how many rotations you do. We don't do names or whatnot, but, you know, just basically just tell him, just 
do what you think is the bare minimum. <laughs> Don't overdo it. Don't overachieve. But he goes as far as running that number up to 370. <laughs> what? Right. And so oh, God. the voiceover comes over and says, you know, we're really impressed with what you're doing. Keep up the great work. And so as a token of our consideration or appreciation for your work, here's a gift. They give him a pin. <laughs> Which he throws not away. Not a pizza party? Not a pizza party? Not no. a pizza party? <laughs> no pizza party. They give him a pin. He's like, I only have a piece of paper. Where's the paper? I can't even write on anything. So he throws it, cusses them out. And, and so my whole thing is, ah, man, you didn't appreciate the pin. That something's coming. So he gets punished. <laughs> His punishment now is in order to make one rotation, he has to do two. So for every two rotation counts as one. So he did 370, so double that, 740. <laughs> but also, there's something else that happens, I forget, but the punishment, again, it runs up to 1,000 rotations. Jeez. So it's just a weird kind of torture. You know, like it starts mentally getting to him. His hands are calloused from pushing his mill. You know, but he starts. He starts getting tips on how to get out, which he's unsuccessful. But <clears throat> and every night, you know, whoever gets the lowest number, you hear them off screen just yelling. People coming in to take them out, and you just hear them yelling, screaming, "No!" and all this. But it's just a series of that. Every day, he's trying to meet his quota and try to survive. And because they're saying how well you do will determine if you can get out of here. So he ends up getting videos of his wife going through you know finishing basically at a certain point his child is born he's getting videos of that so he sees it and that's what kind of pushes him to try to really just overachieve so he can get out of there but it's it's interesting i'll just say that it does have a twist that I, I don't know if it works or hurts it by the end but you know it's basically a little real howry show he's he's pretty much the primary yeah. actor in this and I still, I still feel a bit of Kevin Hart in this. <laughs> that's that's kind of been my hope. That's been <laughs> mm. kind of my thing with with him. I still feel like he's yeah. like you know kind of like how Kevin Hart when he was when he first came out. A lot of yelling when he's emoting and, yeah. and acting. It's like he just needs to just contain it just a little bit. But other than that, I feel like it's, it's a good performance from him. An interesting, I guess, analysis of the work <laughs> working. How you put all your hard work in, you get the bare minimum of appreciation. Which I'm pretty sure yeah. no one feels that at all. But nope, of course not. Which makes but, the hard, which makes the movie difficult to relate to. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just, but yeah, like uh, I said, there's a there's a twist at the end that I, I can't, I'm not quite sure if it hurts or helps. It kind of depends on your perspective of it because when you find out what's really going on. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, just seeing him do the the most. Than getting the bare minimum in return, <laughs> so yeah. So it's more thriller. It's not really a horror. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it was interesting. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I think yeah. I think it's worth a watch, and then you can just make your mind up how it ends if you feel like it ended right or if it could have had a better, stronger ending. But yeah, but yeah, it was. It's got a little humor in it, but again, I just still feel like it's early Kevin Hart. With the act, overacting in a bit, a bit like he just needs to kind of dial it yeah. back just a little bit. Just a it, it just shows more because it's just him instead of him playing off of other characters. Yeah. So I see it more, but it was decent. It's not, it's not, it's not bad. It's got yeah. a good runtime, so it doesn't doesn't overstay its welcome. Maybe 
maybe trim 15 off and even okay. better. Yeah. Gotcha. So my third one, I guess, technically, <laughs> my last one's an R.L. Stein movie. So, or a movie based on an R.L. Stein book. Okay. I watched on Hulu R.L. Stein's Zombie Town with Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and Maddie Monroe. <laughs> now, granted, Chevy Chase is more of almost a cameo because mm-hmm. he's in it for like two, maybe three scenes. I bet less than five minutes of screen time. Okay. So, speaking of which, this movie is an hour and 32 minutes. It's rated PG 13. I would do like a, I don't know. It's not PG 13 because the final girls is also PG 13 and it's a different kind of PG 13. <laughs> this, okay. I don't even know why it's, I honestly don't. Was it more like PG? I'm watching it. Yeah. PG, but so I would almost think that, so this is, it reminds me of more. It's definitely for kids of a certain age. Let's put it that way. Okay. <clears throat> like it's one of those. I almost think some of the makeup might be too scary for like kids Grayson's age. I don't know, but I also feel like it's not made for Yorick because I don't see him being interested in a movie like this. But I guess it really just depends on what your kids can handle as far as scary, because it's all going to be makeup and it's obviously kind of cheesy makeup. It, it's very much, if this were on Disney plus, it wouldn't surprise me because it's very Disney style acting and the way it's shot, like the sets are obviously sets. <laughs> it, right. I mean, the acting is done much like a, remember the old gosh, trying to think of a movie that it reminds me of. But almost like a Sunday night, back when ABC did their Sunday night movies, Disney movies. But they were like made for Disney. Yeah, made for TV Disney movies. Yeah. That's what it, that's what, if you can remember that type of thing. That's what this movie is, sort of reminds me of. It's very similar to that type of thing. And, which is not a knock. It's just to let you know that it's going to be that. The lighting's done differently. The acting is, you may seem, you may think it's the acting's kind of hammy, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be because it's That's the intent. not for adults. Yeah, yeah, it's intentional. It's it's done for these kids, you know, for kids. Okay. And kind of these, not quite middle schooler, but almost like third, fourth, maybe fifth graders. Grayson may watch it and really like it. I don't know. We'll We'll find out. I watched it. Before everybody got up. I think Grayson saw like 10 minutes of it. But even still she wasn't watching it. She was watching whenever she was watching. When she came downstairs on her iPad. Yeah. Amy and Mike unearth a centuries old curse. When they decide to watch an exclusive film reel. The duo must track down an infamous filmmaker. And navigate a town of hungry zombies. To save the world. Now. This was uh, based. Like I said. Based off of an R.L. Stein book. Directed and partially adapted by Peter Lepionidis, starring Maddie Monroe as Amy and Marlon Kazadi as Mike Broadstreet. Then you have Scott Thompson as Andy, Bruce McCulloch from Kids in the Hall as Officer Jenkins, 
let's put it this way. The budget's not going to be super big. Yeah. Because Officer McCulloch didn't even have a badge or a name or a nameplate on his shirt. It's just like a just a it's like a generic shirt with the patches on the side, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and not even a like, stitch name. No, <laughs> not, not a stitch name, not not a nameplate, not even like not even a stitched badge wow. or even just a fake metal badge, just like nothing. I'm like, my dude. Anybody. <laughs> That, yeah, I was like, that kind of threw me off. And it's like one of those powder blue police shirts. Yeah. Then, like, the hat, you could tell, like, they just kind of glued a patch to the hat, but it's probably not going to. Wow. It was very inexpensive, we'll say. Don't move too fast. <laughs> hey, pretty much. Pretty funny, though. Anyway, it's just one of those things I kind of noticed. Brenda Coates, who is the daughter of actor Kim Coates, and he's been in a ton of movies. Look him up. He's an amazing character actor. Love him. Usually plays the bad guy. Um, but yeah, it's she plays Miss Bonnard, who's the uh, librarian at the school. R.L. Stein plays himself. Chevy Chase plays Ms. Marion, which is a character inside a movie that Dan Aykroyd's character. Excuse me. Dan Aykroyd's character who directed a movie involving him like. Kind of like a, if you think about Indiana Jones, but he takes this artifact and then, of course, creates zombies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's very simple. Dana Alcoy's character, by the way, is Lynn Carver. The town is called Carverville. It was renamed after the director because he was so famous. Mainly back in the 70s, he became kind of like a recluse, just stayed in his house Never really came out. He decided to make a new movie. And it's only going to be shown, or it was going to be released in theaters, but he was only going to show it in his hometown where he in Carverville. And so when, and oh, Henry, I think it's pronounced either the C is silent or the Z is silent. Cesarney, I believe. He plays Kittredge in the Mission Impossible. Okay. And uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And. He was the therapist in Scream 6, which Ruth and I watched because she hadn't seen it yet. And so within like two days of each other, or within like days of each other, some play two different, very different characters in two yeah. very different movies. But he was great in both because you're able to see what he can do with that. Plus, a, after seeing the Mission Impossible and a ton of other movies, just to watch him just kind of ham it up in this as a completely different character and do kind of like a goofy accent. It was great. Showing the range. But he plays, yes, but he plays the theater owner. So Dan Aykroyd, you know, shows up with his film reel. Mike works at the theater and they, he drops off the film reels. The film reels, you find out, has the same type of symbol that's in Chevy Chase's movie. You know, other horror movie that <laughs> yeah, they have similar symbols. And then, so he drops it off. Mike's screening it because he's trying to impress Amy. He's trying to impress her, so he's doing the screening. So they, you know, put attach all the film reels together. Make sure you have to run it through and make sure everything syncs up right. So he's right. doing the screening, and something happens in the the you see this bright colored like mist, almost like the film reel exploded, mm-hmm. you know, like it burned and you know shot out this mysterious 
almost not glitter, but like sparks and stuff shoot out, and then goes throughout the entire. They block it with the film canister things, so it doesn't affect them, but it hits everybody else across town, to which they become zombies. So now it's up to Mike and Amy to try and find out what happened and trying to fight off these very, very slow moving zombies. And so they have to get together with Lynn Carver and trying to get him to, you know, try to get him to figure out why this is happening with his film reel. And you, when you do find out it kind of, you see things start making a little more sense. It's a cute movie for kids. I mean, would I rewatch it? I would, if Grayson wanted to watch it, I would watch it with her. But yeah, it's not one I'm going to want to watch every year. But it was great to see both Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase agree to do this movie. Right. Because they didn't have to, obviously. <laughs> so, But it was great to see them in this movie. R.L. Stein has a cameo. But it was great. All right. It, it it was it's a great kind of especially if you're trying to introduce your kids to scary movies this is a good introduction into like zombie movies into kind of scary movies that really aren't like super scary just a little bit like makeup it's literally just the makeup would be the most would probably be the scariest thing in this movie and even that it's not that bad <laughs> okay. but yeah check it out have your kids check it out get it be something just like i said a good introduction to scary movies because you know especially you don't want anything too scary but you want to watch something for halloween or something like that this would be right up that alley so and you know with an hour and 32 you're not yeah it, it does kind of feel it at times because you're kind of like you kind of wonder if they've kind of just kind of run out of things you start filling in <laughs> yeah and then but i i didn't dislike it and especially because i knew who it was who the demographic was so and that's all I got, man. Cool. Coming out this week, I've got Five Nights at Freddy's. And like I said, uh, York's friend group wants to go see it. So I guess we're going to go. And as you mentioned, it will also be on available on Peacock the same day. Yeah. If that's <laughs> the big one. I don't know. I don't remember anything else coming out. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing that I saw. Yeah. That was at least of interest. But yeah, that, that a lot of things that just pop up. <laughs> right. There's one that I may talk about next time called Soulmates that just popped up okay. on Friday. I'm like, I haven't seen anything about it, so I checked it out. But yeah, yeah, I'll definitely talk about it next week unless I happen to watch some other things that are that I might want to talk about instead. Okay. Yeah, I've got I'm gonna probably do at least for me, I'll probably do a because it's right before Halloween, I'll probably just do a scary movie roundup. Yeah. Maybe some of the ones that I've watched, definitely some of the ones I've watched recently, but as well as some of the ones that have come out this year yep. that I would def- also recommend. And then if I watch anything else, yep, I'll talk about that too. But yeah, and then of course, Five Nights at Friday, so we'll talk about that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll start getting into, we're going to start getting into that's the award season, so we'll... See about that. True, true. Oh, yeah. Freelance also is coming out. Okay. Friday. So that, that will John also. John Cena. Yep. John Cena can't see me. 
Right. I just Can't wonder. see my release date. <laughs> like, I'm looking at the post as freelance, but I don't see who's starring in it. It's crazy. Mm. Like, they're just taking a right? risk on this. <laughs> Man, tell me about it. See, and then right after that, you've got Priscilla, Sophia Coppola's Elvis, Priscilla Presley biopic. And then the Marsh King's daughter, which looks really good with Daisy Ridley and Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. And then, yeah, just boom. Here we go. And then after that, you've got the Marvels. Yep. And the Holdovers, which I think is going to be good. That one looks like it'll have some good performances to pull from. So, yeah, the, trailer look, the trailer looked funny. Yeah. I, I, it looks like something I would enjoy. And then Lord help us, November 17th, trolls band together. <laughs> but also next goal wins. And then I'm curious about the Thanksgiving horror movie. I'm not going to. Yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. I'm 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 definitely curious. Perfect for the holidays. Yeah. Bring the family. Yeah, right? <laughs> there you go. But I mean, then we've got and then like November twenty second, you've got Napoleon, Wish, Dream Scenario. We're like, dang. And then yeah. Looking forward to it. So bring it on, it'll be the best time of year. True, true. Now, for sure, next week, talk about the two first-time watches of a classic yep. and then a prequel. Okay. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, definitely. That's definitely going to be on my list. Yes. Okay. okay. Two things. Got those. Well, I guess three. Well, actually, two. I'm going to put them together as one. But okay. that and then Five yeah. Night at Freddy's. So. Okay. I'm good so far. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I mean, another long one, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. Good times head by all. All right, with that being said, hope everyone has an amazing last full week of Rocktober. Already almost over, unfortunately. Sad face. We will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.